Coming up on today's episode, I'll tell you why the Bearcats win over Ashland Saturday afternoon is a good win, and David DeJulius, I think, is the player that will determine how far this Bearcats team goes. Plus, do you have to worry as a Bearcats fan about COVID this season? I think you do, and you'll hear why on today's episode. What's up, Bearcats fans? Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Thanks for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Alex Frank. Welcome in to today's episode. We are presented by Sonos. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, the Bearcats pick up a 71-57 win over Ashland University on Saturday afternoon. It was a very unique game, a unique win, in that this game wasn't scheduled. The, the Bearcats were supposed to play Texas Southern on Saturday afternoon, and Texas Southern ultimately had to cancel because of COVID issues. And they're not the first team um, that has had to do that this week. There have been, I believe, 16 teams that have had to cancel games due to COVID protocols. Seton Hall had to forfeit two conference games. Think about that for a minute. For those of you listening, I'm going to tell you later on why I think you do have to worry about COVID this season. I was amongst many of you, I'm sure, listening that felt like we didn't have to, but I think we do. But anyway, the Bearcats end up playing Ashland Saturday afternoon. A game that was scheduled less than 24 hours prior to tip-off. So, that right there already is a unique circumstance. And I think the unique circumstances surrounding this game are why this is a good win for Cincinnati. I know you're listening to this and you're going, oh, come on, Frankie. 14-point victory over a D2 opponent on your home floor when you were up 25 in the second half at one point, you should have won that game by 40. You're right. I'm not going to deny that. But, considering that you had less than 24 hours to prepare, and and I think, and, and I don't know this, because I've never been a, college, a D1 college basketball head coach, or an assistant coach, or any other position that has to do with game planning, but I would think that... Preparing for a team, regardless of how good they are, of what level they are, it's got to be tough. And, by the way, I'm just going to throw this in there. Ashland has beaten a Division I opponent this season. They beat Valparaiso earlier this season. So, that right there is enough evidence that you cannot take any opponent lightly in this sport. In any sport, for that matter. But... Cincinnati, given that, you know, any win is a good win. There's so many, there's, the thing about college basketball to me is that there's, there, there are a lot more games in that season and that sports season than there isn't during football season, but there also aren't that many games. You only get so many games in a college basketball season. Like most teams will play, what, 31 Regular season games, you know, multiple maybe, one to three, four conference tournament games, in some extreme cases, five. So while there are more games, 
Still, any win is a good win because there, at the same time, there aren't that many games in a college basketball season. So any win is a good win. Cincinnati now 9-3. and three. They've won their last two games. They looked really good Tuesday against Florida A&M. And contrary to what Wes Miller thought, after the, thought about after the game, the head coach of the Bearcats, what he thought about after the game, I actually thought Cincinnati did a lot of good things. For a team that's still coming together. Remember, this is a team that has almost half the roster made up of transfers. So that right there is evidence that this team is still coming together. And it might be that way for the for most of this season. I think going into the season, you thought, and I and I did too, that this is going this is going to take some time. This is not going to be a quick fix. You know, I think when John Brandon came in here two years ago, many of us thought, myself included, that the the run of nine straight NCAA tournament appearances was going to continue. But when you bring in a new head coach, when you bring in multiple transfers, what we found out then, what we learned then, was that this takes some time. This this chemistry building, this you know program building, identi- identity building, it takes some time. And you're seeing that. And you have to go through these experiences. Playing a D2 team on less than 24 hours notice. Let's be honest. Ashland came in. They had nothing to lose. They were getting paid to play this game by the University of Cincinnati. They had nothing to lose. And I know, like I said in the beginning of this segment, yes, Cincinnati, over the final 11.46 of this game, allowed Ashland to go on a 24-13 run. Cincinnati led 58-33 with 11.46 to play. They end up winning the game by just 14 points. And getting outscored by 11 points over 12 minutes, only scoring 13 points, over 12 minutes. Yeah, that's not very good. Let alone that you that happens against a Division II team. And I'm not trying to disrespect Ashland. But I'm just going to say that. That's not good. But every experience, regardless of whether it should have happened or should not have happened or whatever, every experience is a learning experience. The Bearcats can learn from that run over the final 11 minutes and 46 seconds. You have to be able to put opponents away. Because I'm sure most of you listening, and I thought this too, when the Bearcats went up by 25, the thought process was they're going to win this game by 40. But Ashland got back into the game. And what Cincinnati was doing, hitting threes, playing hard, getting to the rim... Pulling down rebounds. It, it, I mean, Ashland just... they The Bearcats just simply stopped playing hard, and Ashland took advantage of that. And you have to give them credit. But still, given the circumstances, this game being played less than 24 hours, scheduled, scheduled less than 24 hours in advance, and the fact that Ashland does have a Division I win this season over Valparaiso... 
So that tells you that there aren't a team that's just going to walk in. You're going to be you're going to be able to roll the balls out, and that's that. No. Any win is a good win. Especially when when you play in the American Athletic Conference and your margin for error, and this has always been the case. And I think we took this for granted during the nine straight NCAA tournament runs. Your margin for error in a conference like the American is slimmer than it is if you would play in the SEC, the ACC, or any Power 5 conference. Because take Cincinnati two years ago. They were 7-5 and five through non-conference play. They were well off the radar of NCAA tournament projections. Had they gone 7-5 and five, with a tough non-conference schedule that year, no less, had they gone 7-5 and five in a Power 5 conference, I guarantee you they would have been Maybe not in the field of 68, but certainly in the first four out, the next four out, maybe last four in, last four buys, something like that. So every game matters when you play in a conference like the American, where the opportunities are slimmer in conference play. In non-conference play, you have to schedule tough, which the Bearcats did not do this year, but there is a benefit to that because you can quote-unquote, bank some more wins that way. And Cincinnati did what they had to do. They won the game yesterday. And given the circumstances, with Texas Southern canceling due to COVID issues within their program, and that the game was scheduled less than 24 hours in advance, any, and this team is still coming together, you know, there may have still been some reverberations from that loss to Xavier last Saturday, even though Tuesday's performance may have vanquished them. Look, every win is a good win. And the player who really stepped up yesterday, there were two. But one of those two who did is the player I think will be the determining factor into how far this Bearcats team goes this season. I'll tell you about that next here on Locked On Bearcats. Bowl season is here, Bearcats fans. And if you're like me, you are hoping that the Bearcats can shock the world and beat Alabama in the college football playoff semifinals. Now, I've been telling you about prize picks, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to the college football action, prize picks makes college basketball more exciting. It's daily fantasy made easy. Prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of they offer any prop you can think of. For example, in basketball, you can play points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and more. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or Go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. And of course, the following Friday, the Bearcats and the Alabama Crimson Tide in the college football playoff semifinal at the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, Cincinnati looking to shock the world, upset the team and program I call 
the gold standard of modern day college football. It comes your way, the Cotton Bowl, 3.30 Eastern time on New Year's Eve from AT&T Stadium in Dallas. All right, back to some basketball conversation. The Bearcats winning Saturday afternoon over Ashland, 71-57. to Two players in particular stepped up. David DeJulius and Jeremiah Davenport. And these two players, I think we have come to a point. We're 12 games into the season, which I think is enough of a sample size to conclude that these two players are this are this team's, this Bearcats team's two best players. But to me, it's David DeJulius that's going to determine whether or not... Or, I'm sorry, David DeJulius is going to determine how far this team goes. He also may determine whether or not this team is, in fact, a good team, a tournament-caliber team. But how far the Bearcats go will be determined by his play. And that's not to say Jeremiah Davenport isn't going to play a pivotal role either. He, he was fantastic Saturday. 22 points, a career-high six threes, four rebounds in 28 minutes. The key stat there is career-high six threes. And we saw splashes of it last year, his three-point shooting. When he gets hot from beyond the arc in any game, he's tough to defend. And he's going to play a pivotal role on this team. But David DeJulius, from the moment he arrived as a transfer prior to the 2020-21 season, you just knew that he had this aura about him, this leadership aspect to him, he comes in, he plays with the heart of a lion. He's played like that every game this season. I said it after the Miami game. The first true road game of the season for Cincinnati. He makes two critical shots in the final one minute and 33 seconds. That's what leaders do. Senior leadership. And it's not just being a floor general, the commander of the offense. He's looking to score with the basketball. Yesterday, he led the team in scoring with 24 points. Very efficient from the field. Night. I'm sorry, did I say yesterday again? Saturday, I'm recording this on Sunday. You're listening to this on Monday. Saturday, David DeJulius scored 24 points. He was 9 of 14 from the floor. That's efficiency right there. 9 of 14. So you score 24 points on nine shots made from the field. There was a game last year, and this was the first game for Cincinnati after a month layoff due to COVID issues within their program. They finally get to play a game against Temple. It's in Philadelphia. It's a Thursday night. The Bearcats win in ugly fashion. It was a low-scoring game, a typical Bearcats win, 63-60 over Temple. David DeJulius scored 26 points in that game. A career high. He almost matched that on Saturday. Got it right that time. I'm doing something good here. Anyway. Mark Adams, who's an ESPN college basketball analyst. I know him. He's a, he's a great guy. He's very smart. Makes a lot of great points. Loves Cincinnati. If you ever watch a college basketball game and Mark Adams, the color analyst on TV, he will talk very highly of Cincinnati. Always has. Mark Adams referred to David DeJulius in that game as Simba. And I think I might have thought that myself. 
before he said that. Maybe you did too. And if you've watched David DeJulius play last season and this season, regardless of what his stats were last year and what you were frustrated about him last year, he was the most important player on the floor at all times. The fact that he's emotional after the Crosstown shootout, second game of the season, a game in which was played in front of just 300 fans, weirdest Crosstown shootout I've ever been a part of. The fact that that game, and that was his second game with Cincinnati, that was his first experience in a Crosstown shootout, and the fact that it meant that much to him showed his leadership. So, last year... The Julius was this team's third leading scorer. Third, um, it was just over 10 points a game. But the areas where... I'm sorry, it was 9.1 points per game. Excuse me. I wrote that down for a reason. So he scored 9.1 points per game. Field goal percentage of 36 overall. A 20.3% three-point shooter. That's who DeJulius was last year. Played 25.6 minutes a game. And he was a starter for most of the season. And you felt his impact, especially in the conference tournament. Remember, David DeJulius opted out at the very end of the season with just, I think, four games to play. Cincinnati had just come off a big road win at Tulsa. DeJulius opts out due to mental health reasons, and and I think those stemmed a lot from the challenges that the COVID-19 pandemic brought on a lot of college basketball teams, because there were very strict protocols. You went to practice, and you went back to wherever you lived. So there was a lot of isolation involved, and that took a toll on DeJulius. He opted out, comes back in the conference tournament, and the Bearcats win a game over Wichita State by one point. DeJulius made some critical shots in that game. Comes back, the leader, Simba, of the team is back, and the Bearcats felt it in a grinded-out game against Wichita State. When they needed a bucket, DeJulius got them that bucket. And then this year so far, he's improved his three-point shooting percentage to 27.8. He's improved his field goal percentage to 42.8. He's improved his scoring to 13.1 points per game. He's taken on that leadership role. Every time with the basketball, he is looking to score. He's looking to make a play. And on defense, he's looking to create a stop that turns into points on the offensive end. Jeremiah Davenport may be the energy boss of this team. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a good characteristic for any player on any team to have. But if you've watched this, if you watch this Bearcats team closely, I think you can conclude, and I do, as I've stated in this segment, that David DeJulius is without question this team's player that will determine how far the team goes. He will determine how far, how well they do in conference play. If they go somewhere around 500 or somewhere around 12 and 6 and or above, how far they go in the conference tournament? Because this conference, while it is not a Power Five conference, there's still some pretty darn good basketball in this conference. Houston went to the Final Four last year. The Bearcats opened their conference slate at Houston. Good luck. That's not going to be an easy game. You have Wichita State, who was a tournament team last year. 
Memphis, if they can overcome their internal issues, they can be a good team. It can be a tough out. Same with UCF. Cincinnati can too. Mark Adams in a UCF Temple game that occurred last week, Wednesday, there was a graphic on ESPN. I think the game was on ESPN 2. It was on one of the uh, networks of the ESPN family of networks. And the graphic showed that Mark Adams was um, describing said Cincinnati, dark horse. And I think that is how I felt, how I have viewed this team. Maybe you have as well. I think nationally they're viewed as that in this conference. They started out really well this season. They took Arkansas to the wire. They've had some bumps along the way since. A loss to Monmouth, a blowout loss at Xavier. But I still think there's something to this team. I think it's going to take it time to develop. But David DeJulius being the senior leader and the point guard, the commander of this team on both ends of the floor, he will determine how far this team goes. And hopefully, unlike two years ago, at the very end of the season, COVID-19 won't get in the way. But I still think it's something that you should be weary of. I don't want to say worry about it, because you can't. But it's something you should be weary about. Something you should be cognizant of. I am as well. You'll hear why next. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. That's right, Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness. It's rich with decadent flavor. It's covered in chocolate, but it's amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And it's high in protein, so you get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. I can attest because it gives me like it will give you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse because you never know when you're going to need it. And if you're friends with Santa like I am, tell him to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings I already have. With so many flavors, they make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. And if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. There's different flavors, all covered in chocolate. It tastes so good that you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Alex Frank with you. Bringing my experiences as sports director of the University of Cincinnati's student-run media organization, Bearcats Media, where I was a commentator for football and men's basketball games 
as well as a host of live shows and podcasts on the Bearcats using that experience and my connections in the athletic program and with those who covered the team professionally, which I may now be one of those professionals. I don't know. But using all that experience and bringing that to this podcast that covers Bearcats football and men's basketball Monday through Friday, a majority of the year, might include some baseball, volleyball, women's soccer in there as well, as this is a podcast on the Bearcats. But I wanted to end with this. I didn't want to, but in light of what's happened, and I've mentioned this at the top of the show, that a circumstance that led to the Bearcats playing Ashland Saturday was because the original, the scheduled opponent, Texas Southern, had to cancel due to COVID. And I hoped, like a lot of you, I'm sure, listening to this, I'm sure those of I'm sure you listening thought we were beyond this. Because college football, that season went smoothly. Up until this week, the NFL was humming along. Sure, you had some players that had to miss games due to COVID. But there were no cancellations, no postponements. It was life as normal, like we knew it before COVID. But, as a graphic on the ESPN Plus broadcast showed during the Bearcats game yesterday... It's not just Texas Southern and college basketball that is dealing with COVID protocols. Right now, as of tip-off yesterday in Cincinnati, 12 teams are dealing with COVID protocols. And they're not just, you know, small schools like Texas Southern or mid-major schools like Texas Southern. Spoiler alert. As you listen to this podcast every day, you will get to know and I understand that Cincinnati gets a mid-major, what you call it, attachment to it, reputation. You will get to know me, and by the way, that's going to change in three years or less with Cincinnati moving to the Big 12, but you will get to know me until then that I don't think Cincinnati is a mid-major school. I think they are a major school. Proof, the Bearcats are going to the college football playoff. Anyway, 12 teams in COVID protocol as of yesterday's tip-off. I'm sorry, Saturday's tip-off, excuse me. And there are major programs in there. Ohio State, UCLA, Syracuse, Seton Hall. So here we are once again. Seton Hall, as I mentioned, has had to forfeit two games in Big East play. Those are two conference games. And in a conference in the Big East that is going to be pretty damn competitive throughout it in conference play, you have to forfeit two games? That's that's major. That is major. So Cincinnati was able to play yesterday. They, up until this point, knock on wood, has had no issues. Their games have played. They have played twelve games. They had to reschedule. They had to find another opponent in lieu of Texas Southern, not being able to play. They did. I give them credit. I give Ashland credit for wanting to play in this game. And they have. They did. So, 
are we going to experience this season what we saw last year, which was, you know, the Bearcats had several games postponed in conference play. At one point, they played three games in five days just to get games in. It was exhausting. It had to be. You're playing so many games in, in, in one period. You're playing in front of, you know, limited crowds, very limited crowds. Not what we're used to seeing at Fifth Third Arena. And if you've been to a game at Fifth Third Arena, you know the home court advantage that Fifth Third can have and provide Cincinnati. Because it is real. So... We may not have a normal season because now you have major teams. Ohio State was scheduled to play Kentucky this past Saturday. That was a major game in Las Vegas, part of one of the best in-season showcases in college basketball, the CBS Sports Classic. It didn't happen. And so now, you know, Texas Southern had to cancel. It can... And Mo Egger of ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW brought up a great point on the post-game show for the Bearcats on radio on Saturday. It's not just that a game gets canceled. It, it can impact your preparation, not only for a game. Like I said, think about having to prepare for an opponent less than 24 hours away that you just found out you're going to play. I don't care if they're Division Two or not. That's got to be tough. But he brings up this point. Texas Southern, who, yes, they're only 2-7. But this stat stood out to Mo, and it stood out to me when I looked at it. Texas Southern has averaged, so far this season through nine games, 40.4 rebounds a game, including 127 offensive rebounds in nine games. That is an average. 127 offensive rebounds in nine games. Yes, I'm doing math in my head because I can. It, it It's over double digits. I know that. It is well over double digits. In fact, I believe it's close to 14 offensive rebounds a game. Well, as Mo brought up, and I agree, the Bearcats' first conference game is at Houston. What does Houston do so well? You've watched them play. You've seen Houston over the years. Kelvin Sampson has evolved that program into a tough team. What do they do well? They rebound the basketball. Houston is averaging over 12 offensive rebounds a game so far this season. 112 total. They pull down 38.9 rebounds total per game. So, it's not just the preparation for one game that you thought you were going to play Texas Southern. Look, as Mo brought up, and I agree, playing Texas Southern would have given the Bearcats a good indicator of where they stood amongst uh, against teams excuse me, that are really good rebounding teams. Because what's one area, if you've watched this Bearcats team play and you hear Wes Miller talk about it, I hear it, you hear it, Wes Miller talks about this team's ability to rebound the basketball. It is not where it needs to be. And it's not where a Cincinnati, a typical Cincinnati basketball team is. Think about over the years how good of rebounding teams Bob Huggins' teams had, uh, Mick Cronin's teams were, I'm sorry, I should say Bob Huggins' teams were, and Mick Cronin's teams were. They were relentless on the glass. I remember there was one game at Temple 
In 2019, the Bearcats won that game. They came back from down 14 points in the second half to do so. One of the best games I've ever watched. The Bearcats out-rebounded Temple, and this is true. I'm not making this up. You can look this up in the box score. It was from January 27th of 2019. You can go back on GoBearcats.com and look it up in the box score. The Bearcats out-rebounded Temple, 47-22. to I'm not kidding when I say that. It That happened. This Bearcats team... That those Bearcats teams could compete with teams like Houston. You watched the two games last year against Houston? Whew. Yeah. They got ran off the floor. Houston thrives off rebounding, especially on the offensive end. So COVID has now not allowed the Bearcats to play a game that I feel like would have given them a good indicator of where they stood against teams that can rebound relentlessly. Because that's what Houston's going to give this Bearcats in terms of a challenge. Can Cincinnati compete with the rebounding and the bodies that Houston has to rebound the basketball? And the impact that COVID can have on your preparation for not just the, the game that's coming up on your schedule, but future games and opportunities lost. In the case of Cincinnati playing a rebounding team in Texas Southern, in the case of Ohio State playing against Kentucky, which would have been a marquee game on a national stage, huge opportunity for Ohio State to boost their resume, huge opportunity for Kentucky to stay atop the elite teams, the top teams in college basketball this season, and instead, COVID wiped them out. Here we are once again with that. It is making an impact. All right, that's going to do it for me today. A lot of stuff happening this week. As part of my Cotton Bowl conversation series leading up to the Bearcats Cotton Bowl college football playoff showdown with Alabama, I'm going to have multiple guests on this week. Dan Hort's going to join me later on this week. The Chief Marketing Officer Michael Canardi of the Cotton Bowl is going to join me. You will not want to miss those coming up tomorrow. I'll have a preview of the Bearcats game, basketball game against Tennessee Tech. Men's basketball against Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech has a player that you are very familiar with as a Bearcats fan, and I would think that he was a favorite of yours. Who am I talking about? You'll find out tomorrow on Locked On Bearcats. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. I'll be back tomorrow with a preview, like I mentioned, of the Bearcats men's basketball game against Tennessee Tech and the first edition of Tuesday Top 10. You'll find out more about that tomorrow. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Until tomorrow, have a Bearcat day. And thank you for making us your first listen. Locked on Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore. And you can email me at Alex3Frank, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Please don't forget to follow Locked on Bearcats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to continue to make us your first listen of every day. Once again... Have a great rest of your day. Have a Bearcat day. 
and we will talk to you tomorrow.